Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. This is your Sunday night, Monday morning rivalry show, where we're talking both the Yanks and the Sox. Uh, your normal crew is here tonight. My name is Pat. I'm here with John and Luke. Uh, catch up with these guys. Uh, see how they're doing. Of course, as we always start uh, before we get into the Yankees and the Red Sox stuff. John, I'll start with you uh, because you weren't on the show last week. And uh, all we had from you was a written statement. And from what I understand, you want to kind of follow up on that. So uh, I'll give it to you first. Yeah, so it's great to be back, guys. Uh, I apologize to our Yankee listeners for having to listen to Luke and Pat last week without me. Uh, They said maybe four things in total that can be considered right throughout the episode, and three and a half of them came from Pat. So the Red Sox fans, I'm sure you guys loved it. I mean, the Red Sox fans probably thought that was the greatest Bleacher Brawls episode of all time, while the Yankee fans were the complete polar opposite and like, oh, God, I miss John. We need John back. So that was why I knew. uh, That's why I wanted to write that statement for the Yankees fans, because I knew what that show was going to be. I knew what I was writing when I was writing it, and I knew you guys were going to read it. and I kind of expected the response I got from you guys. So all in all, it was, I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought you guys did a really good job. Um, without, without The best job you could do without me anyway. Um, we can do today's entire show uh, of arguing about what you guys said last week that I found to be wrong. But I'll, I'll just touch on a couple quick points. One I'm sure we'll t- get to quite often is how frequently, you know, you're like, oh, Stanton's an injury waiting to happen. Bader's an injury waiting to happen. But Trevor Story, he's coming back. He's going to start his rehab assignment, which was supposed to start in April or May or just keeps getting pushed back. And then, uh, more importantly, uh, Batman Forever was horrible. Uh, I do think all four of those, like, movie Batman movies during that era, I don't think any of them are really that good, even the 1989 Batman. Because uh, I think Pat made a great point, which I never really thought about, uh, about Jack Nicholson just mugging for the camera for an hour and a half. And that really, when he that brought it up to me, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a really good point. I think Keaton was an okay Batman, but I didn't think he was a very good Bruce Wayne. Uh, as far as Batman Forever, uh, Tommy Lee Jones was awful, just a terrible two-face. Um, Val Kilmer kind of put me to sleep. So, yeah, I think all in all, that those four movies I don't think were really that great, especially now that you have the Nolan movies and uh, this last one didn't look to be too bad. So uh, I just want to add in my two cents on that one. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find too many Batman fans that really like Batman Forever. I think, I think the majority of people, I think when it came out, a lot of people were excited about it, and the majority of people... Uh, felt like I did. Um, it's just, it was a big, it was a bummer, but, um, you know, don't take it up. If you don't like what we said about your statement, John, take it up with Mike and the mad dog. They, they were, they were the ones who were critiquing everything that you were saying, not us. Uh, Luke, you jumped in already, but I'll let you go next on, uh, on your first pitch tonight. Uh, well, uh, a big, uh, accomplishment. Uh, I finally got my wife to watch the Godfather, uh, last night. Well, last night and today, 
uh, 11 years, I've been um, banging my head against the wall, trying to trying to convince her to watch the greatest movie of all time. Uh, and finally, she did. Uh, she, we got through about an hour of it last night uh, and then finished it um, uh, this evening. Uh, this afternoon, well, this evening, really. Uh, she 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 did enjoy it. She didn't think it was the greatest movie of all time, but the thing is, she, I think that's because she watched it like the way girls watch movies, which is you know she watches it. She's looking at her phone. She's getting up. She's getting a snack. She's bringing. Oh, we should make make sure to read with the kid. Make sure uh, to read to the kids at bedtime tonight. Like you know, girls watch movies the way guys watch a game. You know, like not eyes glued to the screen, not like following everything that's happening. Um, they're just, you know, it's just I think girls see watching a movie as just kind of something to do, um, you know, as you're going about your day, uh, kind of like background background noise. So I was pausing it every 30 seconds. It felt like last night explaining the story to her and like, yeah, that's Michael. That's Connie. That's Luca Brazzi. And uh, she had a lot of questions, but I was happy to answer them. And I was, I had, a, I was drinking uh, rum on the rocks uh, while watching it. So we get through that first hour. It takes about two and a half hours to get through that first hour because I keep pausing every minute and a half. And I'm just, as I'm drinking more, I'm getting more excited as I'm explaining what's happening in the story. So it was a whole big ordeal. And um, anyway, it was a long night uh, with a lot of rum on the rocks, and I have had a headache all day. Um, because of that but we got through the movie um so uh congratulations to my wife kate for uh getting through the godfather and actually thinking it was pretty decent my dog is named after the godfather have i ever told you guys that sonny or vito Vito? he's sonny yeah his his full name is santino uh pacino uh so we've got both jimmy (laughs) khan's character and al pacino uh, the the problem is we really we got more of a Fredo than anything. Uh, he's kind of just a derp, and um, it was not the cool Italian mob boss we wanted him to be. He wants respect. He's smart. He can do things. He can he can probably sit. It's not dumb like everybody thinks. You're my little brother, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a Fredo for sure. Um, but I constantly like to. He's still small enough. I can hold him in my arms. And I say, look at how they massacred my boy. Yeah. That, that's a tough, that's a, that's a tough scene to watch. <laughs> watching, watching, that, watching a man look at his, the bullet riddled face and body of his son right in front of him. All right. Let's jump into it. Guys. We're, we can very easily, I feel like maybe in the off season, we should do a Godfather show. Um, Let's talk about it, shall we? So the Red Sox game, the, the third game of this Mets series is still happening right now because it's Sunday night baseball tonight. Um, so we will uh, start with the Sox. Um, so I guess, <laughs> look, we were talking about this kind of before things started. I feel like every time they win and every time they play well and the, the game plan works and the opening, the, the opener thing works and uh, guys like Duran hit, I almost get frustrated. And no, I am not one of those Twitter guys that wants the team to be terrible so that they have an excuse to fire Bloom and fire Cora. My perspective, and I mentioned this on shows over the past couple of weeks, is I don't think that they're good enough to make a run. But when they play well, 
it might convince people that they are and the trade deadline and such uh, might look a little bit different than the way that I think that it should go. What do I know? But that's what the show is about, right? So we heard today from Heim that he wants another starting pitcher and he wants a left-handed infielder. And <laughs> I see you shaking your head. So like, I guess that's what we can expect over the next couple of weeks. Uh, is, is this team worth making substantial moves? Are these moves going to be substantial or is it going to be like Lash? I don't know. I'm rambling. I'll let you go. I, so apparently what he told some beat reporter was that he was looking for a right hand, was looking for a starting pitcher and a left-handed middle infielder to balance the lineup. Like that was the, uh, what I read that he said, which begs the question, how is adding another left-handed hitter to a lineup that is practically all lefties. How does that balance the lineup? Um, I, I'm hoping he misspoke, or I'm hoping that that's just kind of gamesmanship because uh, he doesn't really want anybody to know what he's really uh, planning on doing because they're loaded with lefties. The last thing they need is another left-handed hitter. I mean, if anything, they need a right-handed hitter that um, that is somewhat of a formidable threat. But I, at full strength, I think this lineup is I think this team is good. Um, you know, they've had, they've missed Trevor Story all year and they haven't, not even, only have they missed Trevor Story, they haven't had a shortstop for just about all season, except for the few weeks that Yu Chang has played. Um, Sale, Kluber, a whole rotation full of pitchers have spent significant time on the injured list. Sale, Kluber, Whitfield, Hauk, and, Whitfield, Whitlock, Hauk, and Paxton have all missed significant time. Uh, we got openers going in 40% of the games now. Um, give this team a major league shortstop and two more starting pitchers or just two, two starting pitchers that are on the 40 man roster. Um, so they're actually starting pitchers. So they're acting as starting pitchers and this team's good enough to compete in the American league East. I think, um, um, the streakiness, like that's mine. That's so aggravating, absolutely insan, insanity inducing because it's like they beat the good teams. They compete against the good teams and they beat a lot of the good teams, but they keep losing to the bad teams. Losing two out of three in Oakland is a complete joke, especially when Oakland makes four errors in one of the games that they beat you in. Um, but at, at the streakiness like that, I think it's a byproduct of cobbling together games with an incomplete roster all season. I don't think the roster was poorly constructed. I just think just battling injuries all year, like the Yankees have all year. Um, next season, this same roster with one new starting pitcher uh, to replace Paxton because he's going to be a free agent. This same roster next year will be very good, but we won't. But we're only going to get what two months, probably more like six weeks of pretty much the whole roster playing in 2023, maybe mid-August when Story's back, when Sale's back, when Hauk is back. So it's, I don't think they're good enough to be buyers. I don't think they should be buying. I think they should sell. But how do you say that? How do you do that when you know this team could be a team that can make a deep run in the playoffs once everybody returns from injury, from the injuries? Like it's, it's a really hard situation right now. Kind of like last year, being two games out of the wild card 
even though everyone knew they were awful last year. I think most people think this team this year is pretty good and can compete with just about anybody team when they're fully healthy. But who knows if all these guys are going to come back fully healthy? Like, who knows if Sale's gonna, not going to come back and hurt himself again? Story's going to have a setback, something like that. It's just, it's impossible to know what the right thing to do at the deadline is. John, do you agree that this is a team that can compete against anybody if uh, if they're firing on all cylinders? Yeah, I, I think as much as I crush the Red Sox and look for any kind of fly I can, if this team is fully healthy with that lineup, um, with really if those pitchers, if it's like, say, by some chance Paxton doesn't wuss out on the season and like makes a deep playoff run, at, like, they could be a really good team. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to happen. Like I said earlier, it's, I, I, counting on story, I, I don't think you can because you don't know what you're going to get out of the guy who hasn't played him forever. Uh, same with Sale. Uh, so I don't think they're – I don't think they're going to make a run, but if they were fully healthy, I think they could. And uh, I just remember the third thing that I wanted to pick on from last week, because uh, you mentioned the trade deadline. Uh, nobody is trading for Kike Hernandez. Nobody. The Red Sox are going to have to DFA him. They are going to get nothing for him. No one is taking on that contract when you could get Kike Hernandez for a fraction of the price just about anywhere. You know, like Kike Hernandez is a dime a dozen. So he's not going to bring any trade value at the trade deadline. And, uh, um, yeah, so I, I didn't pay attention too close attention to the Red Sox this week, despite being in Massachusetts. So, I'm just going to say, yeah, I think they could make a run, but they also stink. You you obviously haven't been listening to Carl Ravitch because just about 20 minutes ago, Carl Ravitch said on the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast as the Red Sox are playing the Mets that Kike Hernandez uh, is very valuable on the trade market because he can play so many different positions. He just said that right before we we went on the air, which I laughed I almost threw up in my mouth um, because oh, that's only going to come from a national announcer who has seen the guy play before and hasn't really paid much attention to what he's been doing this year. Probably has no idea how much money he's making. He thinks Kiki Hernandez is making like three million a season, not ten million <laughs> a season. Come on, do your homework, Ravitch. <laughs> it's you know off subject a little bit, but the Sunday night baseball thing. Um, Bob Ryan, who's he's a Boston um, Boston Globe, I think, reporter has was writing has been writing for the Globe for eighty six years, um, and he he tweeted today something. It was the biggest old man yelling in a cloud thing ever. He tweeted, um, "Beautiful day in Boston today. Would be a perfect afternoon uh, to take the kids out to the ballpark. Yet, uh, yet." Uh, all baseball fans are forced to be slaves to to the almighty uh, cable channel um, overlords, uh, and and they, that have to move the 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 Red Sox game uh, to Sunday night baseball. Like, who's complaining that their team is the Sunday night game? Especially now, the game start at seven. They don't start at uh, Eastern. They don't start at eight like they used to and go until midnight. Adrian Gonzalez is complaining. That's right. He is. <laughs> and where is he now? <laughs> what is he up to? Um, 
enjoying life as a millionaire somewhere. <laughs> well, we uh, apparently heard today um, from – I don't have the name in front of me. I can pull it up. Uh, he covers the Dodgers for the Athletic. Uh, that there's some rumblings in the Dodgers organization that they would be interested in Kike in a reunion. Um, they, they know him and love him over there. What do you think? Uh, sign me up. I will take whoever whoever they got, whoever they really don't have much use for. I'm trying to think of or is is David Price still there? I'll take David Price. I'll take David Price for him. Cheater Downs. <laughs> <laughs> What system? Oh, I wish Derek was here. What system is D- Der- is Jeter Downs in right now? He's Someone in the Nats system. The Nats? Yeah, I think so. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah, that's, that's what it says. I, yeah, yeah, I would take anything the Dodgers have. I'm guessing that is. I'm guessing that was a plant. That was a Red Sox organization plant. Somebody told some reporter like, "Hey, I I've been talking to the Dodgers a lot, and they're interested in Kike Hernandez. <laughs> Just trying to drum up." some kind of interest somewhere trying to will it into existence. Does anybody want Kike Hernandez at $10 million at a prorated $10 million contract for the rest of the season? Jeter Downs, who has spent uh, 39 games in the minors is hitting 158, 326, 290 has um, a, hold on. I lost it. A six sixteen OPS. Oof. Yeah. Well, he's he's still young. He he just needs time to develop. Uh-huh. He, yeah, we'll see. He's, he's, he was named after Derek Jeter. He's got to be good. It kind of reminds <laughs> me of um the best baseball, the best sports movie of all time, Major League, when um on opening day, uh, Jake Taylor, the star of the movie, uh, he goes uh. He, the 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 Yankee hitter comes to the plate says Taylor what are you doing up here he goes and Jake Taylor says I couldn't cut it in the Mexican league <laughs> like he wasn't good enough to stay in the Mexican league so he's on the Cleveland Indians now <laughs> all right John let's uh, let's talk a little Yanks because I feel like similar things going on over here uh, in Yankee world it's an up and down team um. It's a team that uh, I guess technically is in last place, but would lead the AL Central. It's like a very lousy place to be. We would know we've been there for most of the year. Uh, how do you feel going into you know deadline action, midseason form? Uh, how are things feeling over in your world? Well, technically, as of recording this right now, the Yankees are the fourth place Yankees, not the last place Red. The the Red Sox are the last place Red Sox right now, and we got to end this recording before tonight's game ends. I was going to say because if we win, what does that change? (laughs) And Boston, even if they are tied, Boston. Boston comes before New York alphabetically, so the Yankees are are below (laughs) them whenever they are tied. Yeah, I mean, look, the Yankees are similar to the Red Sox, right? It's been a roller coaster of a season. I personally hate roller coasters, so this isn't helping. And, they, yeah, the trade deadline is coming up, and I think there's a move or two to be made for the Yankees. I'm sure they're going to make it. But I wouldn't start you know, burning any kind of uh, high-level prospects you have in trades this season because I don't think they're really going to be going anywhere. Um that being said, there is hope that they can make a run in the second half. You know, they, as I did say, I did mean it when I say there's a chance they can be uh, a second half team because over the last two weeks, LeMay, who's really started to come out of his shell, he's hitting 
333 over the last two weeks, 371 on base percentage. Over the last two weeks, Stanton's had four home runs and 10 RBIs. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to say Anthony Rizzo is out of his slump just because he had a good game today, but he did go four for four with a home run. So there are these bats are starting to wake up. Maybe that has a lot to do with Aaron Judge potentially coming back. Hey, look, Aaron Judge taking batting practice is big news. Uh, he, again, he's no mere mortal. <laughs> this is Aaron Judge. And uh, maybe not the biggest news of the season. Obviously, that might have been a bit of an exaggeration, but definitely the biggest news of recent few weeks. Uh, <laughs> like Aaron. Oh. Am I we back? lost you for a second. You're yeah, back, though. You repeat that part. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge coming back for the Yankees would be. Uh-oh, he's in and out. Uh-oh. Yeah. He's... Luke, would you like to talk about Aaron Judge while we get John? <laughs> All right, he's I back. I think we Let's got enough we... of it last week. I'll just tell All you, right, if I'm... we lose him again, I'll just tell you what <laughs> I think John would say. But it has to be in your uh, in your mad dog voice. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, I'm not going to touch anything here. Every time I touch my computer, I went off screen. Aaron Judge coming, taking batting practice is huge news because I, it seems like maybe his impending return is starting to spark this team. It takes pressure off everybody else on that lineup who cannot handle the pressure. Aaron Judge just takes all that pressure, puts it on his shoulders, and is, again, probably the most valuable player in all of baseball to his team without question. So uh, Aaron Judge coming back, it just seems that his impending return really maybe is going to help this uh, help this team even before he gets back because some of the pressure is being relieved. And I think if the Yankees are going to make a trade for a bat at the deadline, it seems like Cody Bellinger is a logical choice. Uh, I believe he's going to be on an expiring contract. Uh, he's a left-handed bat, and he did seem to like playing in New York when he came there a couple weeks ago. He had a home run, made a nice catch in the outfield. It seemed like he was trying to impress the Yankees. His father <laughs> coming from New York. No, no, for real. This is a real thing. He's trying to get on the Yankees. His father played for the Yankees, and even Paul O'Neill was saying how one of O'Neill's kids was friends with Cody Bellinger when they were kids, like playing in like Yankee Stadium Clubhouse or like the family area. So I think he wants to be a Yankee, and he was going out and putting on a show, trying to impress them and get on the team. So you get Cody Bellinger on this team, a return of Aaron Judge, uh, Stanton and LeMahieu kind of coming out of their slumps. And with the solid starting pitching they have, I think they can sneak into the playoffs. I don't know if they're good enough to win a World Series, but I do think they got a good chance of getting there. So, uh, okay, yeah, if his dad playing for the Yankees, you know, Paul O'Neill hearing something, that makes a lot more sense than saying, oh, he played in Yankee Stadium and he did well. So he's trying, to, that means he's trying to impress the Yankees because that was what you led with. Like, all right, so Rafael <laughs> Devers must really want to get on the Yankees too because he I'm shreds sure he the does. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he wants to be teammates with Garrett Cole. That's why he goes downtown on him all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine how good Gary Cole would be, how much better his numbers would be if he didn't face Devers. Uh, so, Luke, uh, I know we kind of just had a conversation on the Red Sox side, but in terms of uh, Yankee World, like, I'll let you go. Do you think this is a competitive team? Do you think this is a team that can make a run, a team that's a couple deadline moves away from uh, not being uh, in fourth place by half a game? 
I don't think so. I mean, because like the thing is, they need Judge, and you don't know what what Aaron Judge you're going to get when he comes back. I have no idea. I don't think anybody know has any idea when he is supposed to return. I saw that he was taking batting practice today again, but I have no idea if, if he was. He had pain free free batting practice a week ago, right? So, but I mean, I don't I don't think he's on a rehab assignment or anything yet. So. I don't really know what they're doing uh, with him, uh, but uh, what his treatment plan is. But I mean, maybe they're trying to f- f- uh, waiting until the deadline and waiting to to determine if, like, all right, are we even going to mess with trying to get Judge back on the field, or is this team so bad that it's just not worth um, putting him out there for the rest of the season? And we should just put him on the shelf for the rest of the year uh, since this team isn't going anywhere. Uh, like kind of like a buy sell, a buy or sell kind of decision. Um, I don't think so. They got the worst uh, OPS or slugging percentage or something in the entire league, right? Uh, so it, I don't think they have the bats to do it. They they have a good rotation. I'm sure Rodon Rodon Rodon. I can never remember how to say his name. I'm I'm sure he'll get better as the season goes on. Uh, you know they have a good rotation. Um, but it's not a really good rotation. Severino blows now and Herman is just always is what he is always going is what he always was and will always be that. So I don't see the Yankees. I, I see the Red Sox as having a much better chance of getting into the playoffs and doing some damage in the playoffs than the Yankees. And by yeah. the way, like Aaron judge, the whole Aaron judge, I know Aaron judge, the true MVP was said kind of tongue in cheek, uh, in your statement, but it's like you realize Shohei Otani is a Cy Young candidate, and I'm pretty sure he's on pace to tie Aaron Judge's home run record right now. <laughs> okay, we'll retouch on that again. All right, in a few minutes, because I there's a few things I have to point out. One, Severino has made two really his last two starts have been pretty good. It seems like it was Bob Clappish, one of the Yankees reporters, said it was a mechanical issue, like he was compensating out of like like concern about uh like getting injured again because he has a walking injury he gets injured all the time and his delivery was compromised the Yankees think they might have fixed what was wrong and his past two starts have actually been pretty decent uh he's not going to go deep into the games because they just don't let him do that but you know five and five plus innings with a good amount of strikeouts and one of his home runs that he gave up today was really just the Yankee Stadium home run. There was only a home run in Yankee Stadium. So Severino's kind of coming around or maybe coming around. I still think they have a pretty decent rotation. And um, I think one thing that kind of Luke said, uh, and I've kind of said I question how good the Yankees are. I think the Yankees front office thinks they're a fantastic team. I think the Yankees front office thinks they can make a run at any point. And I think the Yankees front office is in complete denial over what this team is. Either that, or they just can't admit to the uh, the public that they've made mistakes and they've done things wrong. Cause the, uh, the way they defend this team just boggles my mind. Sometimes it's, it's okay to call people out. It's okay to say this isn't a good team. It's okay to say it's an underperforming team. And the fact that they never do that kind of makes me think, and the way they talk, like, well, you haven't seen us whole yet. I think they really believe that they are a serious contender. So uh, I still think they have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Red Sox because they have some actual starting pitching depth. And that, in the long term, is going to make be a difference maker. 
uh, and anything they can do with the lineup again with even if Aaron Judge doesn't come back and they just make the trade for Bellinger and stay in and LeMahieu kind of do what they can do. Um, I think they would, again, I think they'd make the playoffs, but not necessarily be a World Series contending team. So before the Royals got to town, they had lost, they, they had lost like four or five in a row, right? So if that trajectory continued or say, you know, they beat the Royals, but then they just, you know, the Mets beat up on them. The next team they play beats up on them. It, is there any scenario, like not even like a ridiculous scenario, like, oh, if they lose every game for the rest of the season, is there any reasonable scenario where Boone and or Cashman could lose their jobs before the end of the season? Cashman will not lose his job. The fact that he hasn't by now and he's in so close to that family, he's not losing his job. And I don't think they would fire Boone in season. I think they'd wait for the end of the season, just let him ride it out, and then at the end of the season, let him go. But I'm not even sure they do that. Um, Do you see that they just brought Andy Pettit onto the coaching staff today? Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Again, it's like uh, the old school approach where they're going to start going more – moving away from they're supposedly moving more away from analytics with this with Pettit who's coming in as a consultant I don't necessarily think as a coach and Sean Casey as a more of a hitting uh hitting coach approach or old school approach that's like maybe they'll just bring all the 90s Yankees back and then just all right these are the coaches so just do what they say like Mariano Rivera is the bullpen coach. Like, so yeah. just throw Tino Martinez is the hitting coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Derek Jeter is the manager. Yeah. I like this idea, Luke. They're like, actually, this is brilliant. Like, Luke just might have solved all the Yankees' problems inadvertently. And yeah. I, if you're the one to thank for the Yankees' resurgence, like, how awesome would that be? <laughs> Rivera is just going to tell all the relievers just throw cutters every single pitch. Jeter is going to say, look, now when you feel the ground ball, jump really far to your right and throw across your body every single time because you'll get on you'll you'll get on all kinds of highlight reels if you do that you'll win People four world series doing it yes yeah i think that's a fantastic <laughs> idea you win all these world series listening to those guys and they'll make paul o'neill the um the uh the the team therapist he's like, no he's he's too good in the broadcast booth he's not going anywhere <laughs> I think you should take a step farther and just let those guys play. I mean, just see what happens. (laughs) Does O'Neal just start screaming at Michael Kay at times during the broadcast just for no reason at all? No, he's like a happy, goofy guy. Like he (laughs) admits that when he for a second. No, he he admits that when he competes, like he's crazy. Like he's the same way in golf. Like he's he's made the joke about having. Like how embarrassing it is to have to go like pay like a caddy to climb up into a tree to get your golf club out of it. But uh, he, as far as like a personality, he's a like a very laid back, like goofy kind of guy. Like it, it complete opposite of what he was on the field. But that's what makes him a warrior. Like the baseball diamond is just a field of honor where warriors compete against each other. And Paul O'Neill was the most warrior <laughs> of all warriors that have ever played the game. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Let's move on. I will say I will say one thing though, which is, um, John, you said that you think that uh, maybe the front office is a little delusional uh, when it comes to these guys. I will well. say, yeah, uh, you the the front office that is your fantasy baseball team 
I have to point out the fact that I saw you drop Anthony Rizzo about three or four days ago. Whoa. And, and Luis Severino. Whoa. No, listen to this. I dropped Rizzo and Severino, and they both bounced back. So I'm not touching those guys. I clearly was a jinx for them, and they can sit on the waiver wire. Someone else can pick them up. I don't care. Yes, I dropped both of those guys, and um, it, it seems to have worked for them. So, yeah, good for them. We should have let off the show with this. And I'd like to congratulate Luke for his two-game winning streak against people that have quit the league. Congratulations. Hey, you are what your record says you are, and I am about to be one game under 500. And you are in sixth place. (laughs) That's right. All you got to do is make it Congratulations on giving uh, Taylor a beating this week. I did. I was. It was. A, uh, it was not a fun week in my household. If we're being honest, um, oh, he defeated. He defeated her in fantasy as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, there was some. There was some bitterness the past like forty eight hours. Um, I'm trying to get her to make a trade with me right now, and uh, it's you, you can't. You can't try to make a trade with somebody while you are currently whooping their ass that week it doesn't it 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 feels suspicious you know um because the person losing goes well if you're better than me why do you want to make a trade with me (laughs) i was a 500 team in the fantasy football season regular season and then three straight one three straight to take home the crown so i ain't worried i made a couple changes on my team last week i'm i'm it's turning around it's about to turn around well, I mean, you beat two people that quit the league. <laughs> yeah, there are ten teams, six of them competitive, sarcasm, and uh, you're in sixth right now. So that's okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Long, Severino, Severino, and Rizzo are on the waiver wire. If you want to pick them up, <laughs> Rizzo wants a first baseman. I, I got Matt Olson. Matt Olson, the RBI machine that is Matt Olson. That's right. Guy's um, a man. <laughs> Classic baseball. Um, all right. Let's, uh, we're, we've been kind of hinting at it. The uh, trade deadline is two weeks from, no, a week from tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. I cannot believe how much time is passing and uh, how quickly time is passing. Um, so it's coming soon. I mean, we haven't really gotten a whole lot other than uh, an, uh, an Oakland-Baltimore trade last week. Not a whole lot going on in trade deadline territory, so it's going to start coming down soon. So what I want to um, present to these guys and what I want them to come back at me with is what is the move that you think that your team is going to make? Not the team that you think that they should make, not the team that you want them to make. What are they going to do? Um, what, what is your sort of prediction of how they're going to approach this deadline? Both teams – Right, right in it, maybe potentially in this wild card territory. Uh, how are they going to respond? Uh, Luke, I'll let you go first. I'm like I've been, like I've been saying for a couple weeks. I don't want them to buy, and when I say I don't want them to buy, I don't want them to make any big acquisitions, uh, and I don't think they will. I think they will trade some of their lower level prospects away to get a couple of guys to help uh, their areas of need. So they need a starting pitcher. So I think I see them getting Jack Flaherty uh, from the Cardinals. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Cardinals aren't going anywhere this year. Uh, So I see them uh, getting him uh, to 
deepen their rotation a little bit until Sale, Whitlock, Hauk, whoever else, maybe even Kluber, are can come back. Uh, <clears throat> and and to stay on the rotation after then, because who knows how quickly someone else is going to go on the shelf after the deadline. Um, and as far as, I mean, going on Heimblum's word that they want a left-handed middle infielder, which I'm still puzzled about, I don't, it's not going to be anything that's going to blow anybody's skirt up. Um, I'm so I'm going to guess, uh, that they're going to get Brandon Crawford from the Giants, assuming that he's off the IL at that point. Oh, you can trade for people who are on the IL, can't you? He's got a, he's got a knee inflammation right now, but, um, so I see them get, getting him, a guy who can still play the field at his advanced age and who pretty much won't hit a lick. Um, but, that'll give you a shore glove up the middle that can play shortstop. That'll probably play some second base. Um, I know he's a kind of an, he's an elder statesman. He's kind of a defensive, uh, I don't know about legend, but as far as he's got, he's got a hell of a reputation as a really good defensive infield, uh, defensive shortstop, but at his age and his production, I don't think he'd mind uh, moving over to second base uh, to fill an area of need. Um, so assuming he's going to be healthy sometime soon, I'm going to say Brandon Crawford as uh, a middle infielder they'll get. And if they are, if they don't like his medicals and they don't like, uh, they don't think he's going to come back in time to help this season. Um, uh, meaning Crawford, uh, Brandon Crawford. Um, if Brandon Crawford, if they, the Red Sox don't feel Brandon Crawford is going to be healthy enough to help them this season, I think they'll go. Uh, and grab Colton Wong. Now, I know the Mariners aren't out of it, but <clears throat> Colton Wong has been garbage this year at the plate. He's hitting 160-something. Uh, so uh, I think he – but we, we know we've seen him hit at the major league level, and he's had good years uh, hitting. So I think he could be – he's one of those change of scenery candidates who could – you know, you get him to a new place, he might start hitting – again, but what they really need is a middle infielder that can play some defense and not blow a game, you know, making because they can't make the routine plays. Um, so that's what I see. Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals, uh, for the rotation and Brandon Crawford or Colton Wong, um, to help up the, the, up the middle defense. Uh, the, the, the middle infield thing is so interesting to me because, and, you know, he, he says what he says, maybe he has a plan, maybe he's bluffing, who knows. But that seems to be the place right now where there's a ton of guys who are bench guys. Kike, Pablo Reyes, and we're going to find out about, you know, one of these guys has gone on, on by Tuesday because uh, Pablo's um, minor league rehab time is up. Kike, Pablo Reyes, Yu Chang, Arroyo. Uh, somebody else I'm probably missing. You have Emmanuel Valdez um, in the minors. It feels very like, yeah, we have we have guys that can come off the bench already. I know we're getting story, but um, don't we need uh, something a little more legit? I don't know. I, that's that's why I that's what leads me to believe that they are gonna move on from Kike Hernandez by trade or DFA sometime soon uh, because he plays a pretty good second base. So if he's off the team, you're left with Arroyo who gets injured a lot, um, and either Yu Chang 
or um, Pablo Reyes. So, I mean, they're both, they're all righties. So maybe that's what Bloom's talking about. He wants left-handed hitters that can play middle infield, which is still seems silly to me because you got left-handed bats up and down the lineup. Who cares what position they play? Um, but yeah, that's, it doesn't make that much sense to me, but I mean, cause if you're going to have Trevor story playing shortstop, then Yu Chang can play second base. So I feel like you've got that figured out. Um, so I, I, and, and you got Pablo Reyes or Kike Hernandez or, um, Christian Royal, who can be the, uh, the, the, the bench middle infielder. So it doesn't make any sense to me that he's looking for a left-handed middle infielder, but, um, so yes, I'm hoping it's the Bill Belichick thing. Like he's telling everybody he's going to zig when, and then he really zags because it doesn't make any sense to me at all. John, anything you want to add to that? Or you want to move to uh, what the Yankees are going to do? I think you guys are stalling because it's getting really <laughs> close to the end of the Red Sox game. And you want to say that the Yankees are in last place. And then I also <laughs> think Heimblum is going to make a horrible deal where he's going to trade some high level prospect or someone who's really liked for, you know, Jackie Bratton Jr. Um, I was thinking a potential trade would be he trades uh, Alex Verdugo to the Yankees for John Sterling because Sterling would be less money and he brings real leadership value because of his age. <laughs> or Sterling might be more money. I don't know. <laughs> trade for trade for Dugo for Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner Falefa. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Wait, was that the trade, or was it Donaldson and somebody else? And Fal- Kiner Falefa was a different one. No, no it was, was Donaldson and Kiner Falefa for Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez. That's right. And you guys mentioned uh, Luke mentioned Brandon Crawford. That would be interesting because him and Garrett Cole are brother-in-laws. Like Cole is married to Crawford's sister, and I it, the beginning of the season is a big deal because in their first at bat against each other or whatever, uh, Cole struck out Crawford. Oh, that's interesting. It sounds, sounds to me like you're stalling, John. Would you like to do your... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, cool. you're right. You're right. Sorry, God. Uh, sorry, a little sleep-deprived, guys. You're good. Um, <laughs> um, I think the Yankees should trade for Cody Bellinger. I mentioned that earlier. It seems like it makes a lot of sense. They need a left-handed bat, and they need a, another outfielder. So uh, it makes all the sense in the world to bring in Cody Bellinger. So with that being said, I kind of expect Brian Cashman to not trade for Cody Bellinger and trade for a right-handed bat that strikes out a lot or (laughs) walks or, you know, hits a home run. He'll probably trade for a reliever too that will immediately get Tommy John surgery and will, will never pitch for the Yankees. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how I expect this trade deadline to go. I think he's going Cashman's going to think we we can compete, and then he's going to make some horrible trades. So at least I'm at the point where I accept that my general manager doesn't know how to make a good trade. So you know, you guys can be disappointed a week from now. Look, at, I cannot wait until next year. This the end of the season, I think, is not going to be because the middle of it has been encouraging. I think it, I, I have a feeling the end of the season is not going to go the way Red Sox fans want it to as far as on the field for the rest of the season. But I can't wait to see this team uh, next year with Tristan Casas really breaking out. Um, 
right now. Do you know Tristan Casas' OPS is higher than everybody on the Yankees? There isn't a single Yankee player with an OPS as high as Tristan Casas. Wow, OPS. Like just pick that's one cherry pick stat. Good for you. That's like maybe the best stat. <laughs> the on base percentage plus the slugging percentage. Yeah, cherry I don't know. That. I just I, I think you very cherry picked that one. But that's a good point. Well, it's not higher than Aaron Judge's anyway. So when Aaron Judge gets back, that wouldn't matter anyway. I don't know. What's Aaron Judge's? I, I don't know. I'm assuming better than Tristan Cassis is. He just isn't playing right now. It's for probably only people in the Yankees active roster, and the Yankees lineup has been trash. All right, but hold the, on. I'm looking it up. I need his, you guys to stall. His OPS is 1.078 for Aaron Judge. Okay, well, oh, that's okay. definitely not. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> higher. Yeah, there um, you go. See, exactly. Congratulations on your little Tristan Cassis. Good. High okay, Bloom's so going to trade Yankee. him for... Yeah, Heim Bloom is going to trade Tristan Cassis for Jackie Bradley Jr. anyway. Yeah, there's 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 one Yankee uh, who hasn't played in like two months. Only one Yankee whose OPS is higher than a rookie, a Red Sox rookie that a lot of people thought was going to be sent down, sent back down uh, at the end of April. Uh, a handful, and of- that shows the value of Aaron Judge and how Aaron Judge elevates <laughs> this team in a way that Shohei Otani cannot elevate. The Reds, uh, the Angels, with Aaron Judge, the Yankees are thirty-five and twenty-five this season. It's a five-eighty-three winning percentage. They'd be in second. They'd be in second place in the wild card if that is extrapolated out. Aren't, aren't they like Aaron six Judge, games over five hundred right now? Aren't they with like six Aaron, games over five hundred right now? Wait, wait, and without Aaron Judge, they're eighteen and twenty-two. So with Aaron Judge made them so good that yes, they're like six games above five hundred despite being eighteen and twenty-two without him. That's how good Aaron Judge is. It's a one three three point difference in win per, uh, percentage. So yeah, he would be second place in the wild card, which would be better than Houston. Uh Otani, who's been playing this whole time, even without Aaron Judge having played, the Angels are still two games behind the Yankees in the wild card, despite Aaron Judge not playing for two months. And I think Otani, I mean, well, we can get into uh, my hot take on Otani's free agency now or another time, but uh, well, yeah, no, now it's great. I mean, we are uh, I, this, uh, without stalling. We're going to have a short show. So, John, if you want to go ahead, feel before free. before that, really quick, a handful of other random players whose OPS are not as high as Tristan Casas. This is thank you to at Red Sox and stuff on Twitter, also known as HVT, who is if if anybody thinks I'm a blind optimist, check out this guy on Twitter, at Red Sox and stuff. Um, Chris Cotillo's best friend. Oh, yes. Um, but so Tristan Casas has a higher OPS than Josh Young, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., everybody on the Yankees. This can't be right. Adley Rutschman, Marcus Simeon, and Wander Franco. There's obviously a lot more players as well, obviously, whose OB- OPS are not as high as Tristan Casas, but... Guy is on fire. Hit two bombs off uh, Max Scherzer last night. Guy is uh, look. Guy's going to be an all star. First rookie ever to hit two home runs off Scherzer in the same game. Damn right. A, a washed up forty seven year old Max Scherzer. Okay, <laughs> like you guys are really grasping for anything. Three time Cy Young winner Max Scherzer. Perfect two? game Three? and twenty strikeouts. Yeah, not this season. No hitter. <laughs> 
Not this season. Not a perfect game? Just a no-hitter? I think it was a no-hitter. But they were in the same year, weren't they? Were they in the uh, same year? I didn't know it that. It was the Roy Holiday thing. You see um, the fastball documentary? It was from like 2016, but I just watched uh, most of that today. It was really good. Check it out. To continue stalling, you ever seen Knuckleball? <laughs> I have not seen Knuckleball. I've heard a lot about that. It's a good um, one. But I missed that. Wow, fastball is like, I wonder if it's like the companion piece. I know Knuckleball <laughs> is pretty old. but this was for Spitball. This was just about the fastball, and they're talking about different pitchers who, who uh, obviously threw, had really good fastballs. The Bob Gibson part is hilarious because he's saying he th- he player, uh, players are on there saying talking about how Bob Gibson threw at people, and people were scared to hit against him because he threw at people. Um, and he goes, Gibson says something like. Um, like, uh, well, yeah, they say I threw at people. I, I throw at this person. I threw at this person. It's not true. Anybody I threw at, I hit. I didn't throw at anybody. I hit people. <laughs> so anybody, I, everybody I ever threw at, I hit. <laughs> so basically saying, yeah, I threw at people, but I, I didn't miss anybody at least. <laughs> uh, anything else, guys? We're going to have a short show tonight. I think we're wrapping it up. Well, I was about to talk about Otani because oh yes, we, of course, before we, Luke took over. Yeah, well, naturally. So, um, <laughs> look, I, with the Yankees playing the Royals this week, you see some like Bo Jackson clips, right? And you start kind of reminding, like, it kind of made me think of the comparison. You know, like what Otani is doing is unprecedented, but at the same time, what Bo Jackson did was unprecedented, unprecedented. And I don't know, there's just kind of this thought, like, I know Otani's dealt with arm injuries before, and do you really want to give this guy, like, a 10-year deal at, like, $60 million? And for all you know, he can be done as a pitcher within the next two years. Uh, The way pitchers are and the way arms are, I don't know, I just, I don't trust it. Like, for instance, Luke thinks the Aaron Judge should move away out of right field. Yankees have the smallest right field in all baseball. But, like, you're worried about, oh, like, you think Aaron Judge is going to get hurt playing right field for the Yankees over a long-term deal. Well, like, Otani's position is pitching. So Otani's going to pitch. And, I mean, you're just increasing your risk for injury right there. Since I, if I were here to come to the Yankees, which I don't think he would ever come to the Yankees. But if he were, I'd only really want him as a hitter because I just see more value in his bat. And why risk? Like, let's say he does need – I know he had Tommy John, I think, right? And then he still was able to be a hitter. But there's going to be problems. Like, if you he injures his arm, it's going to take away from his hitting. And I just – the more I thought about it, there's not a lot of teams that can really afford him as is. And if those teams want to be competitive, do they really want to give him $60 million a year knowing that at any point his arm can give out? Like, you could – like, look at the Strasburg deal. Everyone thought Steven Strasburg was going to be amazing. Your Nationals are paying $35 million a year to not pitch. And do you really want to give Otani like, that kind of money and just have him end up not being a pitcher? So I don't know. Even if the Yankees have the potential to be in on him, I don't think I'd want to be in on him as a two-way player. How much longer is Strasburg under contract? <sighs> That's a good I, question. I want to uh, – oh, gosh – he signed a long deal after they won in 2019. Oh, so he's still got a like, long time left. <laughs> he signed like a five or six year deal. I don't want to get it wrong, but um, Oof. 
Yeah. The, and it, it pretty much looks like he's about to retire. I mean, he just cannot. He cannot. He sent a seven-year deal oh. uh, for 245 mil. Um, he ain't which about goes to retire. Until, until <laughs> 2027. He's not going to pitch uh, anymore, but he ain't about to retire. He's going to. I don't he's know. Gonna, I think they might Chris Davis him and just have to buy him out in some way because um, he like he he can't he can't even throw right now. Literally, um, he's I don't, 35. Ugh. He's 35. Yeah. Really? Yes. Wow. That's got to be like one of the worst contracts ever. And Otani has a chance to blow past that. Like, is with all that great potential, there's a lot of great risk to it. Oh, do you want to be the guy that gives Otani $60 million and really he ends up just being a DH for that kind of money? I would argue that Otani has already done so much more than Steven Strasburg has done throughout his whole career. So even if Strasburg won something? Even if that happened, then Otani is still was still way more valuable to his team, I think. He wasn't um, valuable, though. He, they've never won anything. He plays on the same team with Mike Trout, and he can't make the playoffs. How valuable is that? Like, he's a well, sideshow in, in Anaheim. Like, if he goes you don't win with just two wins. players. You don't win with just two players. The Yankees didn't win with just well, Aaron Judge. They had, they had a lot of – and first of all, they haven't won with Aaron Judge anyway. And they didn't even get into the playoffs like – entirely because of Aaron Judge. They had good players on that team last year that made the ALCS. It was Aaron Judge all season long, and it, there'd be one guy that got on base ahead of him. Like, they would be hot for a couple games and or pitchers, where they'd utilize him. And pitchers, and but that's pitchers, it. Otani has well. the ability to be the pitcher, though, too. So Otani he in theory should be games. Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, and all you need is Mike Trout to be better than anybody else on the Yankees, which he is. Right, so you have Mike Trout, who's better than anybody else in the Yankees, and you got Otani, who should be Cole and Judge combined, but he's not. I do agree that I wouldn't want to invest five hundred million dollars in him. Um, I think anybody who throws a hundred million, hundred million, a hundred miles an hour, any pitcher who throws a hundred miles an hour or around there, it's just too risky. You can't go ten years, uh, you know. Uh, record-breaking money. Uh, it just doesn't seem to ever work out. Look at Strasburg. Uh, you know, uh, just I don't think it's a good idea. And he, uh, you know, like John said, in addition to pitching, he is also hitting. He's swinging every day. So he's just, it's just, you, you put half a billion dollars or more into a player like that, you know, you're putting your entire franchise in his hands. And if he needs Tommy John surgery, there goes, there goes an entire season for your franchise. And who can possibly sign him? Like it, I, I just don't know who's going to invest that kind of money in him. And I don't even know if that contract's really ever going to be out there. And any, if you the pitching con- aspect of the contract, you'd have to sign him as a hitter, and then the pitching just all have to be incentive based. I think, ladies and gentlemen, it's official. The New York Yankees are in last place. The Red Sox have defeated the Mets six to one, beating them two out of three. Congratulations on your last place tiebreaker. Your last place tiebreaker is like winning second place in a beauty contest, but losing to a German Shepherd shaved ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's what a place to end it guys uh 
Let's run through uh, all the ways that normally end this show. So all the places you can find us. Okay, BleacherBrawls.com, Yankee stuff, Red Sox stuff, and uh, just other sports stuff, pop culture stuff going on over there. Tomorrow I have a mid-season report card hitting the site. So check that out. I say tomorrow. That's really today uh, by the time you listen to this. Um, our YouTube channel, TikTok, Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl. You can find on all of our individual Twitters. Which apparently it's going to be called X sometime soon uh, in the uh, description of this episode. Uh, the show comes out every Monday morning. We've got the Yankee show later in the week, the Red Sox show after that, which is now switch days and now post Thursday mornings for the next couple of weeks. Uh, trade deadline coming up soon as we've been talking about all show. So we're going to be covering that over the next uh, week, 10 days or so. Um, I'm going to sign off and I know both of these guys probably have something smart enough to say, but I'm going to cut them off. So, uh, for John, for Luke, my name's Pat and, uh, that's all we got. We'll see you guys next time. Judge leads the league in batting practice. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on bleacherbrawls.com, on YouTube and on Twitter.